Retirement Tips Radio is brought to you by Business Radio X, the voice of business in your community. Currently serving over 25 markets, the Business Radio X network is growing fast. We're teaming up with retired execs and established entrepreneurs to support and celebrate local business leaders. If you'd like to make additional income while making a difference, discover more at brxteam.com. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Retirement Tips Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today we have with us Bob Williams, and he is with the Money Nerve. Uh, is it Bob Wheeler or Bob? Bob, Bob Wheeler, um, Williams, Williams the middle, but that's all right. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Uh, Bob Wheeler with the Money Nerve. How's it going? Good. Well, Bob, before we get too far into things, tell us about the Money Nerve. How are you serving folks? So the Money Nerve is a resource center um, for people to look at their financial beliefs, financial blocks, and lifestyle choices. Uh, I'm a CPA by trade, and a lot of my tax appointments turned into therapy sessions. And so I ended up writing a book and putting this website together to help people start to look at the things that keep them from having what they want. Now, what is kind of... um... Maybe fear is it at the heart of this uh, because there's so many unknowns. Is that the issue really in play? Yes, fear plays a big pa- uh, a big factor in how we we look at things, uh, especially in retirement. There's fear that I might run out of money. I might ha- I might not have health insurance. I might not be relevant anymore. Uh, and people that are younger, I might not have enough money when I get to retirement. And so fear keeps us from either taking risk or it keeps us motivated to make sure we make lots and lots of money. But it's, it, fear is a very big motivator in how we handle our finances. Now, do you find that that's just an American thing or like the, the countries that have more kind of uh, social uh, help, they, they don't have the same fear or the same emotional kind of uh, the same emotions come into play as they age? Well, I think, I think for for most people, it, surprisingly, it, it's the fear is less about uh, having enough money, but fear of not being able to maintain their lifestyle as they get older, uh, and a fear of 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 not being relevant or being excluded. So that that cuts across cultures, and and certainly in places where there's social medicine or health insurance that's pr- universal. Maybe those fears aren't there, but still that place of, am I going to have enough to continue to enjoy my life, or am I going to have to scrimp and worry as I get into my older years? Now, at what age do you think uh, people should start kind of having a plan? Like I would imagine as soon as possible when you're young, you should probably have kind of this kind of macro plan of this where I'm aiming in general. But as you get close, is there things that you have to start putting into place to say, okay, in the next five years, I'm probably going to retire. In the next two years, I got to do these things. Well, you know, it's it's funny. Most people that I talk to in their 40s will say, gosh, I wish I'd actually listened to people when I was in my 30s and started putting money away. Now, I have a few people that started putting away IRAs when they were 16, and, <laughs> and they've done it every year like clockwork. But for the, for the most part, I think when people hit 40 with my clients – is when I start saying, hey, folks, we really need to start looking at stuff. Uh, you've got maybe 20, 25 years of, of 
of lots of solid working, if that's what you want, where do you want to be? And so from there, we can start to look at uh, what are they investing in? Are they investing? Are they saving? And then what are the steps they need to get started if they haven't been? So as we get closer each, you know, every five years, so at 40, 45, 50, um, I'm looking at clients and where they're at financially and where they are uh, mentally in, in thinking about their retirement so that we can then start coming up with a game plan because everybody's strategy is different. And then uh, what are some of the questions you're asking them to really understand what their true north is and what they are really, uh, you know, because a lot of times people, you know, in their head, they say, oh, I want these things. But if you go a few layers deeper, you find out there's other things. Yes. So one of the first things I ask people is where's the majority of their money going? So if I'm in a state like California, where a lot of money is going towards potentially taxes and living, then I might use the strategy, which we use a lot of saying, maybe we want to look at Florida. Maybe we want to look at Washington state. Let's look at some states that don't have a state income tax. Let's look at a state that might have lower sales tax or lower mortgage um, property tax payments. And so we start to look at that as to, am I living in an area that serves retired folks or am I living in a place that's really beyond my means? So that's one thing is, where's my money being spent? And then I'm also looking at how much money have I saved up? What kind of assets do I have? They're going to take me into my later years. And some people have that all dialed in and then other people are just waking up going, oh my gosh, I guess I should pay attention. I'm retiring in two years. There's still things that can be done at that point, but obviously the closer we get to retirement, if we're ready to just let go of working, there's not as many choices the, the longer we wait. The, but the great news is a lot of, of seniors are actually working part-time. They're finding things to do. Uh, they're still getting their social security, but they're uh, trying out new careers or trying something, trying to have their own business or just finding things that actually keep them fulfilled and actually generate money instead of pulling from their retirement assets. So now um, as they get closer to retirement and they're formulating this plan and they realize, okay, I'm going to have to wait maybe longer than I thought. Are you finding folks um, kind of changing gears and say, you know what? I spent my whole life doing this. I still need some money, but I'm going to go this route instead. Or I've always dreamed I wish I could do, you know, this. Uh, do people kind of make drastic changes as they, you know, enter this stage of their life? I would I wouldn't say drastic because I think as people get older they get a little more conservative in their making sure they have a safety net but I do think that people are starting to look at their options and saying okay you know what I could give this a try I've got enough money set aside or I'm comfortable enough that yeah I've never gone and done this thing I wanted to do it's a life passion of mine that I never got fulfilled I'm going to go there and I I think that there is a lot more encouragement for people to actually stay engaged and go for things and not maybe old school where we say, well, you're, you're retired. So you're, you need to get out of the market. You need to stop taking other people's uh, space. And so I think there is more of a relevancy and an engagement with seniors. Now, what, what do your clients tell you, you know, that moment, like, you know, yesterday I was working and today I'm retired. What does their retired days 
like that transition mentally feel like for them? Is it something like they regret or is it like you said that they lose their status maybe or they lose, you know, kind of um, the influence they had and now they're kind of untethered? Well, for a lot of people initially, they're bored. (laughs) You know, if they haven't planned to fill in the days, all of a sudden I've got all these extra hours that I didn't uh, have before. What do I do with it? So uh, initially there might be a little bit of just being lazy for a little bit until they realize, wait, this is driving me crazy. And then starting to figure out, okay, what's in alignment with my values and how do I want to keep staying relevant? Do I want to volunteer? Do I want to take a part-time job? Uh, do I want to start a new business? And and then they most people then start to figure out what can I do? The one thing I notice is that a lot of my older clients start paying attention to budgets a lot more. And so my older clients will check in with me and say, hey, my annuity just started giving me more money or less money. Do I need to, do I need to do something different? Do I need to withhold my taxes different? So they tend to be uh, more aware because they they know the impact, whereas when they're younger, they're like, ah, I'll take care of it next year. Right. Well, they'll they feel like I'll be able to make more money next year, and it'll right. It'll all work out. Exactly. So now, is this something that um, you know only wealthy people can really win at this game, or is it possible to make you know a little less or average or less than average salary and still have a successful retirement? Well. I actually think that, and I have clients that make a lot less or are retired teachers and don't have a lot of income. If you're willing to sit down and look at your numbers and be realistic, and if you're only bringing in fifty or $60,000, you're probably not going to be living in a mansion. Uh, you need to downsize. And I think if people are able to be comfortable with living in their means instead of saying, well, I deserve more, or I didn't get this, or why does my friend have this and, and just focus on here's what I have and here's how I can make it work. I have a lot of clients that don't make a lot of income and are living comfortably. And we, we spend a little bit more time engaged in looking at the numbers just to help give them comfort. But anybody, if they're willing to look at and say, Hey, I'm still breathing and I've still got a a roof over my head. I can make it work. And then does sometimes the solution be, uh, is sometimes the solution, okay, maybe you got consider moving to another country where the yeah. uh, standard of living is more kind of affordable? Absolutely. I've had clients move out of state. I've had clients move to Mexico or other places that are much lower cost of living and still have a nice lifestyle. There's a lot of countries, Costa Rica and other places in Central America that have communities of expats. And so you can still find your fulfillment with just not having to put out so much money. Now, how much kind of um, baggage comes along for uh, adults nearing retirement? Is this something that their parents maybe had a bigger influence on them than maybe they'd like to think they did? Well, you know, it's interesting I, I think we carry that baggage until we start to look at it all, all through our life, whether we're 30s, 40s, and 50s. But certainly as we start to get older, things start to come into perspective that we may not have had to address before. And I, I definitely think, and my experiences with some of the clients, you know, my parents always said I'd never be ready for retirement. Or my parents said, unless I had my trust fund, I would never be able to do anything. And so 
we do carry uh, the voices in our head. I, you know, I work with some of these folks that are older and they'll say, you know, there's all these voices in my head. My parents are telling me that they're disappointed and, and my parents have been gone for 20 years, or 30 years. So it's not really my parents anymore. It's my own voice that I've taken on using their, their voice. So how do you kind of coach them through that? Well, so the, the biggest thing that we can do is start to actually check out the assumptions. So if they're saying, oh my God, my life is going to be a failure because I don't have enough money. All right, well, let's look and see which, how much money you have and how much money is coming in. Is that true? Oh, no, it's not really true. There is money coming in. You could sell off a rental property or you could cash out this annuity. And so a lot of times our story doesn't resonate with what's actually true. And the more we can look at what is true, and then we can actually then make a healthy assessment or make a shift if the numbers aren't where we need them to be. Now, how do you kind of coach your clients when it comes to so many unknowns? Like they don't know how long they're going to live. They don't know how healthy they're going to be. Um, you know, they don't know how much money they're going to need. How do you kind of deal with all of that unknowns when you're developing a plan? So one of the first things I say is how, how long do people live in your family on average? And I'll usually joke and say, I always hate to talk about this because we're going to be talking about your expiration date. But uh how long do people live in your family? Do they live into their eighties for the most part? Do they live into the nineties? Are they like my family where we have to put a pillow over them because they just keep living? And uh, <laughs> so that's a, that's an important question because I have some people say everybody in my family dies at 65. Okay. Well, let's assume you're going to live beyond that. I like to give people, you know, five to 10 years beyond what they think they're going to live unless they're planning on living to 130. And we start there. Then I also say, all right, let's look at what are you spending? What, what are all the things that are, are going out for rent, for mortgage, for food, insurance, all those things. And we look and see, can we adjust those? Where can we save? And then once we sort of get a sense of that number, we can do the multipliers. It's, it, it becomes straight math. Once you take into account, these are going to be my assumptions. I tend to be conservative. I assume people will live a little bit longer than they think. And I also think people will spend more money than they say they will. So I, I try to be conservative so that we'll come out with a, with a, a more positive outcome. Now, it, is that the case that when maybe when you first retire, you spend more than you anticipate, but at some point you get to some kind of level where it's predictable? Yeah, I think initially for people... It, they're not sure what's going to happen. And so they, they may spend a little bit more or they're trying to make up for the fact that they feel an emotional void having given up their, their work. And, and so I think initially there's a little bit of a, you know, uh, easing into the transition and then finding that balance. Now uh, a fear people have is um, like running out of money. Yeah. Is that realistic? Does that like what percentage of people run out of money? Well, if you're talking women versus men, there's a higher chance of women running out of money uh, more than men because they tend to live longer. And uh, there's all kinds of statistics on that. But for the most part, if people are being conscious and intentional about looking at their retirement, the reality is it's probably more of a fear and a story than a reality. Uh, most of my clients that worry about that, are, 
some of them have this idea that they're going to figure out how to get down to the last dollar as they take their last breath. And it just doesn't work that way. Uh, but they're, they're, I think the fear is bigger than the reality for most people. Now, are there kind of tangible things that actionable things that people can do like, you know, five years out, two years out, you know, a year out uh, that you can share? Well, certainly working with a tax planner, like one of the things that I, I do with some of my clients where I've noticed their income has dropped and they've got negative taxable income on their tax returns. And I know that they've got a bunch of money sitting in a SEP IRA or a traditional IRA pre-tax. And we'll start converting, we'll start converting over to Roth IRAs so that we don't actually have a tax consequence, even though we have a taxable event. And, and so we'll start looking at ways that we can start moving money into post-tax money uh, without giving that up. We can also start to look at okay, what's, where's, where's my level of taxable income going to be? Can I start withholding less? Or should I be taking out more or less out of retirement accounts so that, you know, finding that balance of not paying taxes on it? Um, again, I look at how are they spending money? Can they downsize? You know, they're in a, a four-bedroom house and they've got a rental property that's a one-bedroom. Is it time to sell the four-bedroom? take that exemption and move into a smaller house. So I'm often, I'm looking at it from a tax point as well as how can I, how can I not pay any taxes on this if possible and keep as much money in their pocket while we're making this transition. And the other thing is to start, if you're not saving money, put some money away, just, just get in the habit of learning to be a little more frugal or a little more conservative until you get a sense of, okay, now I know what this new, this new period of my life is going to look like. I can be a little more relaxed. Now, how, how difficult of a mental shift is it from, like you spend your whole life in a kind of accumulation mode, right? Like I'm saving, yeah. saving, I'm going to be diligent, I'm going to do all this stuff that I'm supposed to do. And now it, you're, it's time to spend that money. And so that first days of retirement, are you now not saving anymore? Are you just kind of um, depleting your wealth? And then you use some of the income, I guess, to kind of grow um, just organically through the market and things like that. But, you know, you're not putting money aside anymore to save necessarily. You're just kind of using up the money you have or whatever you've allocated this month or this year. Well, what's interesting to me is I have several clients who are now in retirement and they, they've accumulated enough and, and I have a couple of clients that know that have had a terminal illness and they know that they've only got a couple more years. And in, in both cases, they're holding onto their money. And I'll say to them, why are you holding onto your money? You could actually, why don't you take a trip? Why don't you go uh, have a nice vacation? Why don't you take yourself to a really nice dinner? No, no, no. Just in case, just in case I find that people, even though they say they want to spend and go out and do things, a lot of people uh, actually do a little bit more hoarding and a little bit more holding on than is necessary, which I did find surprising. So and they'll say to me, I know I hear you and I don't know why I'm trying to hold on to it because it's just going to go to my kids or it's just going to go to this charity that I donated to. There's something comforting in just seeing that bank account. So, so, it, so kind of, there's still a, like kind of a scarcity mentality to, even yeah. towards the end. <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually feel like 
in some cases, it actually gets a little bit amplified, which, and, and these are people that are very sharp and, and I'm ready to take on the world. There's, there's something as, as their, their lifespan gets a little more finite um, that they, they just hold on a little bit tighter. So then your day job is as an accountant or this kind of retirement coach? What is the service? So my, day, my day job is I, uh, I'm a CPA, so I do tax planning and I do a lot of financial planning in terms of calculating for retirement. And then I also do one-on-one coaching with people around uh, financial therapy, I guess you could call it. So financial therapy, and that's for any age? And that's for any age. Right. Absolutely. And then, so if you were to, to tell a pre-retiree one piece of advice, what would that be? Figure out the reality of your financial situation. Sit down, make up a balance sheet, figure out what kind of cash you have, what kind of assets you have, and see what needs to be done to either improve on that or at least make sure that you maintain it. Now, is there any kind of thing you hear from your clients who have retired that they miss about their pre-retirement days? You know, it's funny. Most of them, after a couple of years, say, I wouldn't go back to work to save my life in terms of going back and working in a big company. I do have a lot of clients that have taken up art or taking up something creative or taking up a hobby or taking up a part-time job that they don't have the responsibilities and they can say no if they want to. Um, but most people that once they've retired for a couple of years, say they really don't want to go back to the, the hectic pace. And the big thing I find people say is, I don't have enough time in my day anymore. You know, by the time I went and played golf and then I had to go uh, work at the, at the puppy rescue, I'm like, I don't know where my day went. So I don't know how I did it before. So it, it's for a lot of people that stay engaged, uh, they fill up their days and aren't interested in going back to work on any full-time scale. But that's the key. Like you said earlier, every day you got to fill your day. So try to find things with meaning a purpose and that maybe you can even leave a legacy around. Absolutely. I think that's so important to, as we retire, what's, the, what is the legacy I want to leave? Uh, what choices are I'm, what choices am I making that are in alignment with what my values are? And, and there's lots of things that you can do that don't generate lots and lots of money, but that keep you engaged and make a difference and help other people and, and keep you relevant. Good stuff. Well, Bob, thank you so much for sharing your story today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Lee. I appreciate it. Now, if somebody wanted to learn more uh, about your work and maybe get some coaching from you because you're coaching. I would imagine you can get coaching anywhere uh, people right. are, right? We do a lot of zoom. And then, so yeah. what's the website? Uh, it is the money nerve N E R V E.com. And we've got all kinds of resources and materials. We've got an online course. I wrote a book and people can reach out to me at Bob at the money nerve.com. And I'm happy to, to engage with people on a one-on-one. So feel free to, to reach out to me. Yeah, because at the heart of it, your emotions are going to play maybe a bigger role than people think they are in this whole Absolutely. adventure. Most of the time. <laughs> well, thank you again, Bob, for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Have a great week. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Retirement Tips Radio.
Retirement Tips Radio is brought to you by Business Radio X, the voice of business in your community. Currently serving over 25 markets, the Business Radio X network is growing fast. We're teaming up with retired execs and established entrepreneurs to support and celebrate local business leaders. If you'd like to make additional income while making a difference, discover more at brxteam.com.